When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Once again, I'm talking to Admiral Akbar himself, Jamie Sweet. You got to go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. It is under the Five Things banner. You got to go ahead and check out his Five Things articles that are slapped right there and all the conversations that are had within where people leave their comments, their thoughts. Laker Tom, you've got Sean Grice there. You got L. Rob chiming in mm-hmm. every now and then. So a lot of great things happen when you go ahead and check out the awesome articles at Five Things on Lakerholics.com. We've talked about in the past Eastern and also the Lakers player, which will make the biggest difference in your opinion after the big three. So we talked about the Eastern conference already. What about the Western conference? I mean, the Western conference matchup, the Lakers again, as the favorite in the West coming from Vegas right now. I mean, the only question is, do they remain healthy and do they really want to be motivated to go ahead and get the top spot in the West? I think that's a question of if, it's always been a question of if, because when you have a team that's talented, it's always about what motivation that you go through during the course of the season. But there's going to be other teams involved in the Western Conference and in, in hopefully at what will be a competitive dogfight in the Western Conference. A lot of people are talking about Utah. A lot of people talking about Phoenix also regaining its glory up there at the top of the Western Conference. Your thoughts on Utah and Phoenix, the numbers one and two seats last season. I think Utah might end up like a 3-4 this season. I think Phoenix. So last season, I remember we were talking about, we had the same question posed to the group, and I was like, you know, Devin Booker, you know, could take Phoenix pretty far, and I think he's the top five guard in the league. Everybody's like, oh, no, no, top 10 at best. And I was like, yeah, he's top five. And I'm holding Didn't on Didn't somebody that. say top 20? Not even top 20? I don't, I don't remember. I just remember even top five, you know, top 10 was like at best. And I was like, come on. Do you watch Devin Booker play? The guy is kind of amazing. So, and he was amazing enough to, you know, take his team to the uh, NBA finals along with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. But, I mean, for me, the West actually comes down to the question of which team's best players who were hurt come back the best how does clay thompson come back how does jamal murray come back how do lebron and ad come back how do Kawhi leonard how does Kawhi? well he won't next season i don't think i, mean, I would be amazed if he plays next season i would be amazed if he plays at all uh i mean I, I i i do not i don't think they're expecting him to play at all then i feel like that that's wise i think the clippers actually may end up you know pretty low seating everybody involved i i i I don't see this 
I don't know. It'll be interesting. If the Nuggets get like a fully recharged, repowered Jamal Murray, who's like ready to dominate the league, and they also have the MVP, that's a pretty devastating combination for the regular season. And the same for the Lakers. If LeBron and AD come back and are as good as they were their first season together, maybe a slight step back, then that's going to make Russell Westbrook that much better. And uh, if Clay Thompson comes back, the Warriors are going to be ridiculous. <laughs> like Steph Curry was lights out for much of last season. If Clay can come back and be even just 80 ish percent, 70 late high seventies, low eighties percent of who he was. I think that that team has a really good chance to, to do some damage in the, in the West coast. And they've got a lot of young talent. If any of that young right. talent cashes in or they can cash it in on a superstar, right. either or, right. that's a good sign for them. And they could place very high once again in the Western Conference. I think that they're that's that's my personal dark horse team. I mean, Phoenix isn't surprising anybody anymore, right? Utah isn't surprising, or should they shouldn't be surprising anyone anymore? They're you know Utah. Utah is so solid, but it reminds me very much of the Malone-Stockton era, where it's like, man, that team is like solid during the regular season. And, you know, they're tough out in the playoffs, but there's just, uh, you know, like Spida and, and Rudy just aren't quite good enough. And like, you know, Clarkson is, you know, awesome off the bench, but it's not quite enough. And like, you know, yeah. Paul, Paul it, it, there's, I don't know what it is they're missing. It's, it's, it's something. And it's, it must be frustrating to be a Utah Jazz fan. So, which I'm not so. In that regard, I'm quite lucky. But those teams aren't going to surprise anyone. You know, those were great teams last season. They've been good to great teams in Utah's case consistently for a couple of years now. I don't see much coming out of Houston this season. I don't see – I see the, the Mavericks as kind of another dark horse. Like, you know, kind of with the – a lot of guys signed extensions in the offseason. And you made a point earlier that I think it holds true, like, for a lot of guys around the league this season. You just signed, like, your first big money deal. How do you respond to that? You know, how does your, do you play at least as well as you did, you know, to earn in the season that you earned that money? Can you take it a step higher or, you know, do you fall back just a small percentage, but looks devastating on on a stat sheet, you know, a few percentage points, lower shooting percentage from three or a couple less rebounds or assists per game or a couple more turnovers. And suddenly, you know, one of them, you know, whatever that didn't, didn't, you know, then you start hearing the negative, but you know, who is going to be the person who can push through that? And I think Luca is pretty well equipped for that because he has a healthy uh, degree of uh, disdain for what anybody can, you know, thinks of him or his game. You know, he plays his game and he plays it well. So if Jason Kidd can figure out how to unlock the potential of Porzingis and Luca, they could have the best record in the Western Conference. I feel like that's that. If I really gave it, if I had, to, if you put, if you put me under a guillotine and said who's your dark horse candidate to have the western com best record in the west of the next season i would say the dallas mavericks because i could easily see luca averaging like a 30 point triple double for the season and if porzingis averages a 15 to 20 point double double they'll have figured out a way for those two guys to both be dominant on the floor at the same time i agree with you on that i mean that's something that could they very well surprise they didn't have the best off season but with what they have in Luca, I guess maybe the fact that they signed him long term is is a great offseason for them. I know Denver is still going to be a little bit iffy because the fact Jamal Murray is not there yet and not back yet and won't be back at some, until some point in time in the season. 
I think, like you said, with Golden State, they're going to surprise a lot of people out there. I think they're going to be somewhere up in the top four. I think that's a very good idea That's that that's the case. The Clippers, I still think, are going to be a playoff team. I, whether or not it's a you know, top four or bottom four seed, I think it's going to be a bottom four seed, but I, I, you know, seeing them at like sixth or seventh is something that wouldn't surprise me. So yeah. I think that that's something that you, you know, people need to think about right there. Portland, Portland's a team that this could really implode really quickly. Sacramento and, and Portland could either be like, wow, get them go, or that's the dumpster fire. Like, yeah. <laughs> was- well, with Sacramento, they got to win or Luke's gone. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's got, I don't think he has half a season. He could have like just, he could be fired just a few games in. I mean, he'd have to go like zero and five or zero and ten. He'd have to Mike Brown it. Well, he may do that. We'll see. We'll see. Mike Brown and <laughs> yeah, nice notebook, bro. I think teams though like Minnesota still has a long way to go. You got yeah. Houston with the nice kids that they got during the draft that looked good in summer league, and they've got Christian Wood there, and they've mm-hmm. also got John Wall. I still think they're a long ways away from being competitive, but at least the future looks bright now after it was getting kind of bleak last season. Did John Wall have a surgery or any, like did, did he use, did he finally have a summer without injury? I feel like, I think so. I think maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe he did like six seasons or something ridiculous with him, like not having like something like, you know, knee surgery, leg injury, this, that it feels like. I think New Orleans has really made a lot of missteps this summer. I think uh, yeah. actually with David Griffin, ever since he's been there, he's made a lot of missteps, period, yeah. in not building a proper structure around Zion, and I think that's going to end up costing him. Is so, three- I, Can I ask a question? Ahead. Is yeah. it a three-way race between who, which coach gets fired first, or does Damian Lillard ask for a trade? Like, which does, 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 I'm not sorry, not coach. Does David Griffin get fired before Luke Walton, before Damian Lillard asks for a trade? <laughs> I, I would say that Luke Walton would be my number one getting fired. Uh, but if David Griffin, it won't be too far behind, if that's the case. I think it depends on the records out of the gate. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I'm thinking Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento could easily have like a nice six and four record, seven and three, depending on the schedule. If they get a nice little cupcake schedule to start, that could give right. them momentum to be a competitive team. And then I could see it also going awry and being zero and eight coming out of the gate, <laughs> and then yeah, it all blows up from there. I, I just it all depends to me on the schedule. If they're sent out on the road on the Eastern Conference first off, that would be brutal. Or if they're sent on a nice little West Coast package where you have like Utah and Denver in the same back-to-back and whatnot. That's like two losses there because they play so well at home. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, it all depends on the schedule. And then the same thing with New Orleans. If they get that kind of schedule, that could be really rough for them going forward. The fact that they didn't really address a lot of the needs around Zion, I think that was a, a mistake. And then there are teams like Memphis. Memphis, yep. Yeah, which had such high hopes during the you know the season where they – played really well in the play-in. They, they made the uh, first round of the playoffs. And they they right. gave a lot of heart against Utah. Didn't quite right. come to fruition. But now you have a situation where they've kind of, I think, taken a step back with the trades that they made. The Steven Adams trade was, it was a cap move that they got a little bit of benefit kicker out of. And then they had, uh, you know, it was the Rondo trade the other day with Rondo and Beverly and, Daniel Oturo going to them. 
the Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe. I'm not. That's to me. That's kind of a lateral move because I don't think they have much faith in Eric Bledsoe anymore. But Patrick Beverly, you know, if he gets waived, it could be somebody that teams out there might be interested that need backcourt defensive help. Hint, 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 hint. I don't see. Well, I don't think. I don't. I mean, I'd be astounded if Pat Bev came to uh, the Lakers. Are you sure? I mean, we've already yeah. got our share of of guys that are willing to go over the top. Yeah, but I just don't see. I see him wanting a bigger role than we can offer him. I feel like I don't. Uh, if he gets, if he, he's not going to have a bigger role in in Memphis because you've got the young kids you want to develop. I still think Rajon Rondo, his future is coaching. I think he wasn't playoff Rondo with the Clippers, so that's uh he wasn't given the same role though. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't given the same role or time because Reggie Jackson right. was playoff Rondo. He was right, but wasn't. <laughs> well, Reggie Jackson played really, he played really well, well, but he doesn't yeah. have the same way. And Trey Mann played well. Trey Mann played well. That that's I mean that's the question. Do those guys again Repeat. do they plateau or yeah. is, is do they take you know like how Keith took a step back a little bit? I felt for us last season. Those are the things that you're never sure how some of those role players are going to, how, how the role players break is always kind of key for your, for like a game or two in your standings. And then, you know, a series, you know, a game in a series or two throughout the playoffs, which we want those games. You don't want to lose those games if you can avoid it. This is Raphael from NBA draft And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Last team I want to go ahead and cover. And just right now, and we're, we're just giving you thoughts on, on who we think mm-hmm. is going to do well so far based on what knowledge we're going to have. It's not official, just casual talking right now because we're so early into the off season. And yes, I am including the summer league in the off season here. I want to ask you this San Antonio, I think it's the only team we really haven't covered. I mean, unless you want to cover Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns, is he ever going to live up to the thing? Is he going to be just a stats guy? Is he going to be just an empty stats, empty calories guy, or is he going to be something of substance uh, on for that team for, for Minnesota? I mean, that's up to you to decide, but it right now it's just been looking like a lot of empty stats. I mean, he's had terrible luck. He's had yeah. terrible luck. Absolutely injuries. terrible luck. And his family. Family. Like, uh, I, so in a way, I kind of hope, I hope they, I, I hope they, I hope he does come out. He's a, he seems like a really nice kid. He has the tools. Is it, yeah. can he, can he focus on the season? And I think help it, what would help him so much is if, incredibly, D'Angelo Russell was healthy, you know. Russell can soak up possessions. He had a long offseason injured. I think he's going to have you know more time to work on his game this offseason. Yeah. I think he mostly rehabbed last season, so that could work out well. I mean, both those guys just got to show they're serious about playing in the NBA 
or, or I mean, obviously they're playing in the NBA, but do they want to excel or are they yeah. content to just be like, yeah, I made some money and I shot some shots and I was on a team and it was awesome. And, you know, now I have a used car dealership outside of Toledo or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you have a short window to like push yourself into the conversation of great players in the league in any given, in any given season. And if you're able to do it, like some of the greats have been able to do it and maintain that being in that conversation each and every season, that's when, you know, you, you know, you're an incredible player and a ridiculous talent and so on and so forth. So that's, you know, I feel like they're definitely on the outside of that kind of, you know, people talk about the great players of the league. I mean, again, you, you know, you made a great point. Statistically, you should put cat up there as a great player in the league because he does put up numbers, but he doesn't win. A lot of excuses. Can they push past that and break that playoff drought? You know, which team breaks their playoff drought first, Sacramento or Minnesota? I'd bet on Sacramento at this point. Injuries are going to decide everything in both conferences, of course. If any of these guys we're talking about gets hurt, it's like, well, now it's a new conversation. So everyone being healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, the only thing you can go off right now, but we'll see what happens. Guys getting healthy, hopefully that are on the mend. And then hopefully everyone else can stay healthy with a season that's a little bit more structured than normal. Last team I got to cover is San Antonio. And San Antonio is a team that, you know, I, I don't know. I just, they made some puzzling moves. I mean, you give a lot of money to Doug McDermott. Dougie McBuckets is, you know, a nice little player coming off the bench at 6'9". Sure. Sure. Give, you, give you some three-pointers. But they signed him to a nice big fat contract to show you that shooting is the thing that pays the most right now. Right. In free agency. <laughs> And it just seems to me, though, that they just don't have enough talent. And maybe they're going to try to trade Doug for is, I think, the more like who who's that for? Right. Well, like, I told you last year, I thought they had four candidates four veterans, which they should have traded for some yeah. really good assets. And none That's, of them, I not think, one, right. not one. Not, Rudy Patty, Gay left. Right. Rudy, Patty, Patty DeMar. Yeah. Uh, and uh Oh, there's the fourth one that I'm going to forget. Where's the yeah. Lakers letting Caruso and Schroeder walk? Right. He was traded to a contender or something like that last year. Same thing with Gay. Same thing with right. Patty Mills. And they lost them all, which is just mind-boggling to me. But I think that maybe they have enough talent to get sneak into a play-in scenario where maybe as a ninth or a tenth seed again, if, if Pop has some magic left in his fingers. But – that's a really tough ask. I think they're sliding on the way down instead of sliding on the way up. I agree with that. I think this could be the season that San Antonio doesn't make the play-in, doesn't make the playoffs. Is this the year he finally calls it? If he doesn't make the playoffs or play-in, I think so, yeah. You're talking Popovich, right? Yes, of course. I think that's, I mean, when we're talking about the San Antonio, you know, that's really the the, the question in San Antonio is, isn't almost about the players. It's like, what's Popovich going to do if they don't yeah. play well? Uh, and that's that's why I think he might, because if it's about what he's going to do, then it's certainly not about the team. And he's an all about the team guy. And I don't think he wants to go out on that. I, th yeah. I think that's his hope that he can like push this bunch of nobodies into the playoffs uh, and, you know, kind of keep the ride going <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, but if I think if cat and Russell are healthy in Minnesota, I, I think they have more talent to push, san antonio out of the you know out of the picture a little bit um well there, there was a couple teams that we didn't mention and i i, I mean I mean, we, we, glossed over, we glossed over the kings a little bit you know I, yeah we glossed know. over the kings I, I like i said again it could be touch and go with them oklahoma city i love poku pokushevsky 
and Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be a superstar, I think, at one point in time, possibly. I think he's being paid like it for Oklahoma yeah. City. So we'll see if that, but they've got 500 draft picks, but their season is going to, they're, they're in full tank mode. Let's just, let's just cut, cut dry right there for, for you. For how much longer? It's been like, <laughs> it's going to be for a while longer. It's going to be for a while longer, but then you have teams like Denver. They're going to be on the mend. How much they can, they play at a competitive level until Jamal Murray gets back. I think when you have the reigning MVP, you're going to be always in, in competitive how high I'd probably see them right run a fifth seed, maybe, maybe even a fourth. They could, they could pull off by the time Jamal Murray comes back. Then you have Portland, Portland. A lot of people are losing faith in Portland and that implosion there. I know that's something that, that uh, I think a lot of people are looking at for, I think Damian Lillard being trade. You think they're going to do okay. I think they're going to be like six, seven. Once again, I'm with my good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet, Mr. Five Things on Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, my friend, you heard Laker Toms, you heard Sean Grice, you heard Mr. Spencer Young, and you even heard my thoughts on the all-time top 10 Lakers. I was hoping for a little bit more of a great conversation at Lakerholics.com, but I haven't seen it yet, so... I'm setting you guys up for a great conversation. I'm hoping that there will be a Lakerholics.com on this. There will be. There will be. I hope so because I'd love to see here all the readers at Lakerholics.com think what their top 10 all-time Lakers are. But that leaves you, my friend. Who are your all-time top 10 Lakers? From 10 down? It's the best way to do it. I mean, people are going like one, two, three. I'm like, you take all the suspense out of it when you start at one. Right, exactly. Uh, for me, my 10th is probably, I mean, I'm going to have to say both because I very much enjoyed watching him play. He wasn't a Laker for as long as some of the other guys on the list, uh, but my 10th best, best Laker is going to be uh, one Pau Gasol. There's a good start off right there for you. That's he's actually been there. I think on more one or more lists right in that nine ten area. So. Yeah, I mean, if he had been, if he had finished his career with Kobe and they had a chance to like play it out under whomever was coaching him, uh, I think it, he would have you know been a little bit higher up on the list. Okay. Uh, but uh, I put him, you know, kicking it off with a Spaniard at number ten. Okay, and number nine. Uh, nine, I got big game, James, okay. big game, James at number nine. Uh, I like, you know, the thing about worthy is he was so good on a play on a team of other good guys, <laughs> great guys. One could argue guys that be a little further down the list that he still managed to be as impactful of a player, uh, as he was and yeah. such a linchpin for those, late eighties champions uh, championships um, just with his, his skill and all around style of play, which was, you know, it was an elevated style of play for that era of basketball. And he was sort of, I always thought one of those guys who bridged over to uh, what Michael ended up becoming, which was just the ultimate version of, of what James Worthy could do at a, at a, at a less impactful level than, yeah. than Mike. Number eight. Number eight, probably a little higher than some people have on their list, but I'm going to go with Gail Goodrich. Okay. I think I've heard his name on one list already. I uh, think it was on Joe Soros. I probably, I probably have him a little high 
some people probably have an Ellingham challenge for uh, you know power or worthy. Uh, I I like the reason I like Gale is because of how not just how his career went, where he kind of like really worked himself up from off the bench to you know uh, a you know all star player uh, who part of an incredible teams, but also because he was the kind of player that I like, which is kind of a snub nose, tough minded, defensive kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who could still score the rock? You couldn't no. play the game, you know, in the era that he played without having solid fundamentals. He'd already gone to four years of college. You, you had, you know, everything was refined in terms of a f- foundational level for the most part um, in the in the era that he played. Number seven. Number seven. I'm gonna have one Wilt Chamberlain. Some might want to put him higher. Well, you put him higher as an. I think you put him higher as an overall player, but I get I get what people have talked about when they put him down here for the Lakers exactly. because exactly. how many years did he play for the Lakers? Not many. Won a championship, but that kind of the Pau Gasol phenomenon. But he's just so much better of a player that I feel like he earns a higher spot. I, you could argue, make an argument that in terms of like their actual Laker careers, Pau and Wilt are a pretty solid nine ten. But Wilt is just such a dynamic player redefine the game honestly it's hard not to put him in the top five slot yeah. because of the way that he could play the game for so long we'll bring it in uh at number siete all right number six number six i got elgin baylor okay obviously a, an excellent choice there uh, i know that's falling right in where a lot of people have him slotted at so there you go i like elgin uh you know everybody's probably of modern basketball mind remembers him as uh, the Clippers GM uh, who got, uh, got duped on by Donald Sterling. And uh, uh, that's just the part of his career that I would rather not think as much about. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't just ignore that it didn't happen, but you know, he was such an incredible player, um, you know, kind of a LeBron James esque player with his ability to impact the game on multiple levels on both ends of the court, but with such size and grace and strength for that era. You know, nobody's, nobody's going to look like the line, the the linebacker that LeBron looks like, or, you know, few, uh, I guess Zion kind of does actually, but Elgin had size and a a grip ton of skill. I'm just, just a classy guy. All right. So that leaves us now at number five. Who do you have for your all time top 10 Lakers at number five? So for the top five, a couple of the guys on the list are in the places that they are because of the impact that they had on the franchise after they've played. It's not just their career on the court as a Laker. And some of the names on this list, you know, were, uh, if not Laker lifers, uh, you know, as close to it as you get in, in modern, in modern sports. So for my part, both on longevity impact, uh, again, this isn't like a, uh, a critique of the player, but I have number I have Shaquille Neal at number five. Okay, a little high, yeah. probably. Some people might feel like. No, I think that's in the range where a lot of people have him. I have him a little bit higher, personally. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument uh, that he and the next guy on the list, you know, could swap easily, if depending on you know how you think they impacted the game of basketball where they were Lakers. The next guy on my list at number four, mm-hmm. Shaq at five, is uh, Jerry West. Again, because not only was he a great Laker player, he was instrumental in putting together uh, several competitive and banner-winning teams in the years after he was a player. And, you know, I think had it not been for Phil coming here, which ironically led to more championships, uh, 
<laughs> I think Jerry West would have been here longer, but you know, it, it worked out the way it worked out. Uh, and I, I do hope someday uh, he comes back in some sort of role one last time and then bids the basketball world adieu and, you know, rides ponies in Montana or whatever he does, whatever he does, he does to relax because he deserves to finally relax and not be so stressed out. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Palgasol, number 10. James Worthy at number nine. Gail Goodrich, number eight. Number seven's Wilt. Number six is Elgin. Number five is Shaq. Number four is the logo, Jerry West. What is your number three as we get into your top three Lakers of all time? Uh, this one's, uh, this one, so he's he would be higher on this list if he had had more success, success on the level that Jerry West did off the court with the Lakers. I have Magic at number three. It's hard to put him not at uh, two or even one because he was a Laker lifer. He was, he and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were my first two earliest favorite Lakers from who I remember watching growing up, myself growing up, watching them play. But I have Magic at number three just because he was such a terrible coach and was just awful, 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 awful as a coach. Not great as a late night host. Not Uh, great as an executive. And not great as an executive. Although he did, he did, you know. He did, had that one year, he 2017. When LeBron James was like this, where's that yeah. pen? Thank you very much. Yeah. He did have that one year. You, you, they were successful, and he helped coordinate the 2017 draft, which was 100%. a very good draft. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, 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 I but he, certainly not the level of success at that position as Jerry West had, right? No. So that's that's Magic would be a little bit higher on the list if if he had either been through the if he had been a part of the team as the as the president. Uh, when we won in the bubble, you know, if he had just found a way to like let Rob just do his job and stand out in front of people and be like, hey, uh, you know, I don't need uh, everybody's doing a great job. I'm out. You know, that's all I had to do. Uh, and he wanted to be, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened. So that's, tampering, that's what... unfortunately, at times, that's what happened where he couldn't, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> be a little bit more quiet at times. It cost the Lakers a little bit here and there, but. You know, he is magic. He is magic and, and exactly. obviously had one of the greatest pro basketball careers ever. So that right. leaves you with our top two. Laker lifer. Laker lifer. And Laker that's why lifer. it's hard to, hard to put him at number three. Hard to put him at number three, but I, I, I have to. Number two. Um, Alex it, Caruso, the greatest <laughs> of all time. Uh, off the bench, maybe. No, that would be Coop. And it was hard not to put, it was hard not to put Coop in front of uh, Powell, to be honest. Uh, just because Coop was a part of more championship teams. You could argue that guys like Jamal Wilkes, uh, Pau Gasol had better careers, but again, who was the better Laker? Uh, you know, Coop, Coop's right. He's he's my if if this if we if we were to spinal tap this and turn it up to eleven, Coop's probably my number eleven. 
but my number two Laker is the cap, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Didn't spend his entire career with his Lakers, but spent the majority of his career with his Lakers. Obviously, had the best years of his life uh, as a Laker. Uh, was Did he have the best years of his career as a Laker? I mean, I think in terms of the power of the team that he was on, supporting his skill set, yes. Did he put up better raw statistical numbers in Milwaukee for a couple of seasons? Yes. But, and he did have Oscar with him for his championship and, year. And he, had, and he had Oscar Robinson, who, you know, but I just think that, you know, the fact that he played so well for so long as a Laker, as, and not just, you know, there are some guys who, like, you know, like Kobe, you could argue, like, didn't really fade fade out his career the way Kareem did, right? Like, he kind of was like, it, it's going great, it's going great. I'm like a rocket entering the atmosphere. I'm getting bounced around here. I'm getting smashed up. And then my career is just going to kind of crash land on planet Earth. But I got there. I did it, you know, because he had so many injuries at the end of his career. Kareem had this ability to just be there, to just be on the court and to impact the game on both ends of the court, well into, you know, what many would consider NBA twilight years, you know. Uh, he wasn't the 40-year-old guy at the end of the bench like Udonis Haslam being like, you know, this is how you do it. He went out and did it all the way through. And that was always a Laker. And that's one of the things I think uh, that gets overlooked a lot. You know, you don't lead the league in points by playing, having a short career. You, you yeah. know, you've got to have longevity. You've got to maintain your body in the offseason. You've got to be, you know, for the most part, injury-free. Uh, major injury free and uh, you know you've got to have the ability to score the basketball and he checks all of those box boxes and in, in a way that few players uh, even approach so that's why I have the cap at number two the Jay, I wonder reason, who number one is I mean I think it's probably everybody's number one he's gonna be you know just because of the, the, it wasn't everybody's number one it was my number one but he wasn't everybody's who number didn't one have, who didn't have Kobe at number one I can't remember you're gonna have to find that out. Oh, I'm going. I'm going back. I'm going back and watching because I, I kind of listened to it at work uh, and I didn't give it my full attention while I was like, well, it was a bad day at work, so that's part of the problem. But uh, anyway, I'm gonna re. I'm gonna re-listen to. Uh, I, I gotta. I gotta see who didn't put Kobe at number one. I can. I have a guess actually. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's an easy guess because of. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I will. I will return with. I will return with that. But I've got Kobe at number one. Um, you know, again. A Laker lifer, uh, obviously a Laker lifer taken too far too soon. Um, but, you know, all the names on this list, I'm not sure. I mean, he and Magic are the two that I would say, like, laid it out on the line for the Lakers the hardest consistently over their career. You know, Kareem was a great player. He always kind of just floated above the team. He was this, like, you know, this UFO kind of <laughs> up above the team that was just like dominant force but never like you know connecting with a lot of the other guys yeah uh, or feeling you know in, re- in recent years i think they've done a good job of you know trying to 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 enhance this image of his but when he was a player he was very aloof uh, a lot of the time and and very you know if, with there's obviously really great reasons why that's true. Why he was like that, you know, yeah. uh, he was one of the most polarizing athletes of his era uh, for many years. Um, and so, and even now it's like, you know, they talk about the great players and it's, it's all, it's mainly, uh, you know, wings and guards and the cap is often forgotten in that conversation, even though 
all those guys who had great shots did not have an unstoppable shot. He had an unstoppable shot. But the heart that Kobe Bryant uh, kind of gave to the Lakers, and, you know, like any relationship, it had its up and ups and downs. Um, but it really did feel like, and maybe it's just because of the era that I've been alive, but it felt like that the Lakers and Kobe and the fan base had this kind of relationship that it really only ever had with Magic Johnson, I feel like. Um, to where like you just wanted that person to do so very well <laughs> and you were very, very disappointed when they didn't uh, or when they did silly things. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I can't say if it's like a, a romantic relationship or a, like a weird parent, you know, child relationship where you're like, but I want you to use the potty. Come on, man. You know, that kind of like, like willing them to do the right thing of, of, that parents go through. But I, uh, I think you do that with your, with your relationships with people in general. So uh, they just have this really intense relationships with both of those players, which is why I have them both one and two. I mean, I could see an argument being made for Kobe going as low as three, but that would only come down to how you weigh things off of the court. And so for me, I am looking at this more. Th I mean, cause then, you know, you could argue that a lot of guys should move around based on things that they did off the court. So for me, I see Kobe as being number one because he gave his, the, he had the most heart for the Lakers of all the guys on the list. He and magic are right there with one another. And like I said, you know, Kobe never had a terrible late night show. So that's why he beats magic. <laughs> and he was actually, uh, I think what an Academy award winner for best, what best short. Right. Magic didn't even get an Emmy nomination for his. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Oh man. No, I can, I can, I can. Um, I mean, and those names are all inter top five are all semi interchangeable to some degree, depending on the lens you look at in terms of like how you feel like the impact of the team overall play on the court importance in the history of the nba uh you know what they did off the court after the after they hung up the sneakers there's a lot of ways you could look at the top five lakers and, and switch them around um, but for the, in this case that's how i got mine well there you go if you have any questions on jamie sweet's list or when it comes to joe soros list when it comes to my list Laker Tom's list, when it comes to Sean Grice, when it comes to Spencer Young's list, we want to hear your thoughts at Lakers Fast Break, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com, or the best place to go to have this conversation at Lakerholics.com. Hopefully, either Sean or maybe Laker Tom can post something like there on all of our stuff right there, and, and maybe people can gauge that because I think they just need a place to go ahead and make those comments. So I think that would be a great and spirited conversation to have in the next few weeks while we're waiting for the Lakers to come around to see who is everybody's picks for the all-time top 10 Lakers. I think that would just be a great conversation. And I you know, know maybe, gonna... maybe we can read some of our favorites off. Uh, yeah. If people put them out there, maybe we can uh, agree to say, okay, throw your conversation up there and we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your, their thoughts on that. Plus, I know that you and I and Laker Tom and Deshaun Grice and Spencer Young and the whole nine yards, we're going to have to go ahead and get together on another all-time list, and that's the all-time top 10 NBA players. We're going to have to get together at some point in time to do that. That would be a tremendous, tremendous podcast. So I'm hopeful that, that we'll be able to go ahead. But the problem is getting all you guys together when it's off-season like this 
it's, it's a little hard. Yeah, it's a little hard to do. Yeah. You know, can we also can we just agree that if we're gonna do that, we all have to take like a, a shot of uh, sake after everybody's top ten, and by the end it'll just be a knock knockdown, knuckle dragging fight about you know. <laughs> you are no great boy, no good. Well, just hearing Laker Tom and Sean Grice go back and forth on that would be priceless. That's for sure. Oh, and Spence, Spence, you know, you got shout out to Spencer, uh, his yes. website. I read a couple articles on that today. Um, well, to, yeah, too, but both about the 76ers. I think his take on Ben Simmons is pretty spot on. It's one of the big, it, it feels like the off, you know, I not to swing it back to the teams in the East or anything, but like, it just feels like the one unsettled thing in the off season is what are the 76ers doing? Like, uh, there seems to be just madness. <laughs> it seems to be madness. Well, we'll see if that madness continues, but there were some great thoughts right there on not only the Philadelphia 76ers, but the entire NBA from a good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet. Before we head on out, my friend, you got to go ahead and drop the knowledge on everyone exactly what you are doing with your five things column at Lakerholics.com. Oh, I just wrote one of the fee fivers that uh, Laker Tom has ever agreed with, which was the one I did on Westbrook. I made sure I put some things in there that he wouldn't agree with that I thought uh, Dwight Howard and Mark Gasol would both get minutes, possibly as a starter. And he took, you know, he took Laker Tom on bridge with that, and, as I kind of expected. But, uh, you know, I liked what we did in the offseason. I'm going to start looking forward, or moving forward rather, and doing uh, top five potential lineups on and off the bench. And along with uh, top five buyout candidates that may happen even before the season begins. I still think there's a lot of movement that is going to happen in the off season. Uh, Memphis alone has to, has to dump two players or do something about two players. Uh, and there's not a lot of like slots open for these guys. So yeah. it's going to be very, you know, it's just going to be very interesting to see how this works out. I could imagine a world where both Rondo and Beverly get bought out before the season begins. And I can imagine a world where they both somehow start the season in Memphis, but I don't see that being as very likely. It would be kind of incredible. I, yeah, that would be kind of incredible indeed. And I just don't think at right now that, you know, obviously they're going to have to get rid of some individuals there, but you know, at this point in time, we'll wait and see, but I think that we should keep our eyes open as Lakers fans. If Patrick Beverly gets, off that's the you know thing we're bought out so I'm, I'm waiting to see if that will happen so we'll just just say wait and see right now because the lakers do have an open roster spot so it's just sitting there just sitting yeah. there indeed i mean technically more than that but yes but i i th- i think there's going to still be a, at least one more move made for the lakers i think they have to make one more move i, I think, think so that, too yeah i think so too we didn't really actually we didn't talk about the lakers Hardly at all in terms of the offseason. Well, that's, um, you know, there's been plenty of time for that. Yeah. yeah. But any last thoughts on the Lakers? I mean, also, they can head to your five things column for a lot of Lakers offseason. Well, that's why the buyout slash remaining free agents is one of the topics I'm, 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 I'm mulling over. I, I would love to see a combination of rugged guys who can at least hit the three when AD's not on the floor. And that means that's when I expect the Gasol minutes to materialize. Ariza, Basemore, those kind of guys are going to have to carry those minutes when AD sits um, and help space the floor if if Russ and or LeBron is on the floor. So personally right now, my, I mean, other than James Ennis, I should say this, James Ennis is my hope that somehow he ends up a Laker. That's where I would stop. I would 
keep that last uh, roster spot open for a buyout in the middle of the season or just to give you some wiggle room if somebody comes available or whatever. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that, and I'm looking forward to seeing if that happens. Plus, also as well, can they pick up a spot for training camp that might help them out? Or will they let anybody go like Gasol? I think he's been rumored to say maybe he's not going to even start the season. We'll wait and see. Maybe even Bowie Cousins, a return for him. Possible. Anything is possible right now. So we'll see what happens with the Lakers. But, Jamie, it's been great to have you on board for this occasion. I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, you know, great show, John. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, too. I mean, our numbers are out there getting bigger all the time, and it's truly appreciated for everyone out there watching us on LakersBall.com, watching us out there on Facebook, watching us out there on Twitter, or wherever you get us out there at Lakerholics.com as well. Kenneth, thank you enough. On YouTube, got to give our supporters of YouTube a big hello. And in fact, if you get a chance, please subscribe to our channel. Our stuff drops there all the time. So Mm -hmm. we truly appreciate that. Got some great conversations on the way in the coming weeks, especially with this guy right here. He is going to go ahead and be a great part of what we're doing here. And I cannot thank you enough for being right here in the middle of the offseason with his thoughts on the NBA at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.